Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello, this is Laura Lee Rourke. I'm one of the founders of Beyond Hunger and the author of It's Not About Food and over it with my business partner, Carol Normandy. We um, started a nonprofit many years ago, and um, the guest that I have today was one of our first volunteers, so I'm excited about that she's here talking about this. And today, going along with the body love cards, what we're going to be talking about today is feelings. And the front of the card has the has the goddess or the image sort of standing, standing still and sort of looking up to like sort of wondering what her feelings are, if you will. And the little dog, deer, little spirit animal is also looking at her like, I wonder what her feelings are. And if we go by the idea that there is no, uh, there's nothing going on other than your feelings, really, that's underneath any disordered eating, any body hatred, it's the feelings that is, is what is wanting to come up. So it's never about the food, it's never about the weight, it is always about something else, and usually that something else is feelings. So the card reads for this day, feelings are the emotions that come from the core of our being, that are an essential part of knowing our needs and taking care of ourselves. Our feelings tell us when we are hurt, when we need to stop or set a boundary, what makes us happy, and what feeds our soul. When we can learn to go beneath the body hatred and diet thoughts and experience our feelings fully, we can begin to take back our ability to live fully. So for me, again, this is the part of my whole life that I did not really do very well with. I didn't take that. I was like not present on the day they taught feelings in school. So they probably didn't even teach feelings in school. But I did not know how to have feelings. I did not know how to feel my feelings. I did not know how to do anything about my feelings. So as I went into my own eating disorder and any other recovery that I tried to recover from, and I would put down the, the behavior, what came up was feelings. And I pretty much hated it. I pretty much didn't know what to do. I didn't have any idea what boundaries were. I didn't have any idea what, you know, I had two feelings I felt like, uh, sad and angry. <laughs> and that was, and I couldn't have really those feelings. So then I really only had the overlay feeling of everything is fine. Don't ask me any questions. So I am so, so glad today we have our great friend Vajra here, great friend of Beyond Hungers and personal friend of mine and Carol's, who we just love so much. I've known her forever since she was a tiny tot. 
And uh, so I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you what she's been doing. And then we'll talk about feelings. Great. Thank you so much, Laura Lee, for having me on your podcast here. And um, my name's Vajra Farnsworth. And um, I owe my large part of my recovery to Beyond Hunger. Um, I was in a uh, a workout gym. I think I was about 14 or 15 years old and I had just gone to the bathroom and I came out and I looked at the bulletin board and there was a flyer there that had said, are you, do you hate your body? <laughs> do you um, have problems, you know, loving yourself? Do you overeat? And I looked at that flyer and I went, oh my gosh, that's me. Like I was at that time, I was overeating. Um, I would sit down with a whole box of cereal and just eat the whole box of cereal. And I'm like, what is going on with me? I really didn't understand the behavior and it really scared me. So when I saw the flyer, I reached out and of course, Laura Lee was like, yes, come to my group. <laughs> and I started my journey of recovery at that point. Um by that time, I had adopted several behaviors that were um, kind of disassociating me from my feelings, um, overeating. At that point, I was smoking, too. I was a closet smoker. <laughs> and I had learned that drinking was kind of a great, great thing to do to avoid my feelings and do drugs. So it was kind of the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> but when I, saw this, when I saw the flyer, I was like, okay, I could identify with the food part. Um, and so, yeah, that's where the journey started. And it was so beautiful to see your journey. I mean, so young that you started at, and I wish more girls or, and boys, of course, because it's more and more boys all the time. Uh, the male eating disorders has grown substantially since the last five years and uh you know it's because they are now a source of income for the companies that want to make them also feel terrible about their weight or their height or their build or their penises you know whatever <laughs> just to make them feel bad about themselves so they can sell a sell them a product or a thing or a you know uh, an easy program whatever lose you know 100 pounds while you sleep program like that and so you know it's if we could get everybody in at five years old I think we could stop this you know but we can't you know they just don't don't come at that early age but that's where it really starts way way early and um so Vajra came as a pretty young teenager and just really jumped right into it and then loved loved it. We loved her so much that she actually became a volunteer and, and has volunteered for years for us. And it's just beautiful that you've done that all this time. And um, so now, uh, Vajra, how do you work with feelings I know your whole life is completely different than when you were volunteering at Beyond Hunger down in Marin County and you live now in Reno. Um, what up? What happened? You know, yeah, since so then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's been a lot of healing that's happened. I think, you know, to 
to to I love to just kind of wind back to the beginning of my journey here. Um, one of the things that I really um, realized is that I had a whole bunch of um, feelings that I couldn't articulate. Mm-hmm. And how that came out was, you know, my overeating, right? It was like, that was my feeling, was the overeating. And the, you know, all of the groups helped me kind of start to peel off the layers of the onion, right? Yeah. So I could start to see, oh, that's a that's a feeling that I'm feeling that I'm not feeling. <laughs> and I'm I instead of feeling it, I'm eating it. Yes. And I, you know, so it, it was just right. eating the feelings and, and feeling out of control. Right. Right. And then a lot of what I discovered was that um, the trauma that happened to me at a very young age, pre-verbal, right? Wow. Even in the womb, right? My mother being abused by my father, my alcoholic father, drug addict father, um, that life was just unsafe. Yes. That was the message. Right. So. Don't feel a feeling. Right. Like, why would you ever want to feel a feeling, oh, right? No <laughs> no There's no way to manage that. No feeling especially as a tiny child right so what I discovered is that I had all of this subconscious uh repression right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. disassociation from my feelings and it was really hard to understand that yeah and so um you know doing the visualizations that we did in the group um just being with my body, feeling my body, yes. it was like, it felt like it was just bad. That was the first, that was the only thing I could say I was feeling. I just feel bad. Right. <laughs> I just want to, right. I just want to die. I feel bad. Right. But then as I started to, un, you know, as I said, lift the onion peels and get deeper, it was like, oh no, I feel unsafe. I feel, um, not loved. Right. I feel neglected, yeah. you know, I yeah. feel shame. So I was able to start to discern what the feelings were more right. when I started to look inward right. and I started to feel safe enough to look inward. Right. And I'd say that um, it took me a many, many years, you know, to really become kind of the to rule my own feelings versus having my feelings rule me mm-hmm. like that. That's been a lifetime project or journey or healing yes, for of me. Course. Um, the human condition, if you will. Yeah. How to deal with ourselves. Right. You know, and all of our stuff and our feelings and. Yeah. And I was just recently uh, at Nordstrom's rack in Seattle doing some clothes shopping and I, um, was just trying my clothes on and I heard a couple stalls down this girl she from her cries it sounded like she was about 14 years old around there and she started having this very like guttural like just sobbing just crying and so I of course I kind of like my I started to kind of listen in because I felt like I wanted to run and help her (laughs) and she she was uh talking to her mother and she said mom you know I I just tried on these jeans and 
I thought I I was I looked good, but after I tried these jeans on, I, I realized I just I, I look so fat and awful and ugly. Oh. And and the mom goes, Maddie, you don't look awful. You look fine. You look great. And she sobbed even more when her mom said that. Of and, course. And she goes, No, mom. And and her mom very nervously said, you're not, you don't have a, you're not cutting yourself here, are you? You know, and I could feel the nervousness mm -hmm. in the stall. And Maddie's like, no, I'm not, you know, still crying. And, and then her mom looks at her or t tells her, I'm sure she was looking at her. I can't deal with your emotions, Maddie. I don't know what to do with you. You know, and I just, it was palpable. This, right. this situation of yes. mother daughter, so the, the mother feeling so scared that her yeah. daughter is gonna, you know, is cutting, cutting and, and, might and whatever, have a terrible eating disorder now. And, right. Oh. And so, um, I guess they had come shopping with a, another girlfriend. And, and so the mom said, oh, I'm gonna go get your other girlfriend to help. And, and then the other girlfriend came in and I could see, hear in Maddie's voice that she felt comforted by her her friend who kind of identified more. like, dude, it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then oh, the, the mom comes running back. She's like, Maddie, I have the designer jeans. They're, they're $100, but I don't care. I'm going to buy them for you. And this is going to, we're going to take care of this for you, Maddie. Oh, and then I have oh. the, you know, the expensive shirt that you wanted. These two will get this outfit for you and it's all going to be okay, Maddie. Right. Oh. And oh it, it's God. just a heartbreaking so just situ stop scenario. Crying, yeah. Stop feeling. Let's buy something. Yeah. We'll feel better after that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, chances are that was my family. And then let's go get something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then let's just never talk about this again. This little meltdown. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really, it was, it very, very much touched me. I, you know, I, I almost like started crying in this. I just felt like, you know, here are our, you know, all of our girls growing up and boys, but this, in this situation, a girl, and it was just her feelings weren't really validated, weren't heard, right. and it's no one's fault. No, the, this mom didn't know how to have, have feelings either. Nobody, you know, it's like nobody, everybody goes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. You know, instead of what, what the thing would be is to say, it's okay to feel so sad. I'm sorry. The pressure on a girl is so horrible. You know, those pants, forget those pants. Let's see if there's other pants. Don't even wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> Just wear a skirt. I don't know. But just it, your your feelings are valid. I understand. I get it. I love you. I, I love you so much. You know, what if she had heard that? Or what if the mom were able to say that? I wasn't able to say that to my child. I was able to say it to my granddaughter, but I'm a lot older and wiser now, and I had an eating disorder recovery. But at that time, I don't know. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have been able to do that with my own child. It's just, I would have said probably this exact same words. I don't know what to do with you, you know, because I didn't. I didn't know what to do with me or him. Right. And then as, you know, as the daughter, you're going, okay, I guess I, this is totally unacceptable, right? That's that's the message that right. translates. Just like, stuff it. Right. I can't, right. it's not, 
I, there's no room for the feeling. So why I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring it up next time. Right. Or right. I'm going to hide it or right. I'm going to cut right. myself. Just going to do whatever. So I know for you, that was around the age where you were out there. So probably a lot of that stuff came up for you. But what if this were your daughter? Yes. And that, um, that's, you know, something that I'm really happy to, um, to report at this point. I do have three kids and I have one daughter, two boys. And, um, that is one of the things I'm really good at, Laura Lee, is with my kids or with feelings, you know, and really any other kids that Mm -hmm. I, that I'm around, you know, when there are feelings there, you know, we sit down and, you know, their feelings are validated, they're um, given the space to have their feelings. Yep. We have a special meditation pillow at our house where when people are feeling out of sorts, they get to go and have their space. No judgment, no criticism. It's like, just go have your space, feel your feelings, hit the pillow hard if you need to, <laughs> wow. and just feel it. Yeah. Hmm. And I should all live at Vajra's house. <laughs> And I also have a, I teach kids yoga at the Montessori school here in Reno that my kids go to. And I, it's one of the best, most rewarding parts of teaching kids yoga are in those moments where I see the kids feeling like their feelings are too much or they're feeling out of sorts and, you know, they don't know what to do with their feelings. And we sit down as a group and we just do some deep breaths and we start to just feel the feelings in our body and we support each other in wow. how to just be. Oh my God, it's so great. That is so beautiful. And it also reminds me of sort of like the generational, um, I'm fat, no, you're fat, no, everybody's fat, I can't eat that, I'm not gonna eat that, I can't wear those jeans, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. That whole cycle, you broke it. You broke it. You're not going to give that cycle to your kids. It's just not going to happen. It just makes me cry. It's so beautiful, you know, because I know that my mother taught me that and her mother taught her that and probably the mother before that taught that, that you had to be perfect as a girl, second-class citizen. You weren't okay. You had to look a certain way, be a certain way. And... I a little bit broke it with my son, but I can see my son completely has broken it with his his children. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I know. So great. Really, really, there's a lot of hope for healing. Right. If we just get conscious ourselves, the ripple effect of that out there in the world is a huge difference. Yeah. So you kind of already said it, but I like to always ask people, um, so think about if there's a little girl, a little 14-year-old girl named Vajra in her bedroom in the world somewhere, what would you say to her about her, um, you know, if she's worried about her body and she's worried that she's eating in a way that she knows is not okay or binging or starving? What would you tell her about that and about feelings? Well, it's interesting that you're you're talking about that scenario because I have one that's like 
that I have a, a niece who is, um, she's 10. And um, uh, my brother and his ex-wife, they broke up when she was really young, like three and a half, four. And the mom would, because there was separation anxiety, would fill her pack, her backpack full of, um, full of snacks and food. Yeah. And so Arden, my niece, started to connect, oh, okay, bad feelings, food. Bad feelings, food. So now fast forward, she's 10, and she doesn't have the body type like her sister, right? Oh, right. That she's a little bit more heavier set, and she... And she feels a lot of shame right. around her body. She feels shame around her eating. And she's 10. And she's 10. Oh. And, yeah, it's very, it hits home, right? Who even knows what she's going to look like when she's grown? Right, exactly. Right. And um, so there was this really very touching moment. I go to the Bay Area to work a couple times a month, and she was at my brother's house. I was spending the night, and she was having some... Um, hard time falling asleep and so I said oh Arden do you want me to come cuddle with you I'll mm, come and so sweet. yeah and so we climb into bed together and I'm cuddling and we're having our little girl time whispering and <laughs> she starts crying and she goes you know I just I don't know what to do I, I just feel like you know I, I have all these feelings and I, I don't know what to do with them I can't tell my dad because he he doesn't know what to do with them and my mom is really frustrated yeah <laughs> <laughs> and mouths of babes huh? yeah and she goes you know I'm I'm just feeling uncomfortable in my body and I'm um and I, I and she was just like you know really touching moment there with her and I just said you know Arden I said your body's beautiful you're growing right now and the most important thing for you, Arden, is just to love yourself. And how to do that is not so easy sometimes. But here are some ways that you can start to do that. Oh. One of them is to, when you're feeling these feelings, you can always call me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, just know so that you can call me. And you know what's so interesting is that I remember you telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> You, right. you oh I gosh, remember I being a little, you know, being little tweener and, you know, feeling so out of control. And you were like the only person there for me around all these crazy people. Oh, <laughs> oh. And so it just felt so great to like give it back. To, it yes. feels great to give it back. And, you know, especially to my niece and, you know, and she, I could see her kind of light up after she heard that. And she's like, OK, you know, and and I said, um. Here's some one one thing that I think would really help. I think in your journal, I think you should write all your feelings out, Arden. Just write them all out, and then and then I want this is even harder step. But think about what you need. Like, would it be a hug? Yeah. Or like maybe you maybe you need to like have some fun, right? And go out with some friends, and you know, go go bike riding or, you know, or maybe, maybe you need, you know, some time with your mom and dad just to feel, hang out out with mom and dad. But I said, you know, if you can start to write in your journal a little bit about your feelings and what would be good, like what would feel so good for you to have? So great. So, So, 
I think that she has been doing that and she's, you know, she's starting to to um, find her way a little bit more with it. But um, yeah. yeah, that definitely hit home. <laughs> no kidding. And you gave her a lifeline to herself. You know, like you said, call me if you need to, but you're giving her a tool that she can always use for herself. Write them out. What, and then there's like the three thing. What am I feeling? What do I need? How can I support myself in giving me what I need? You know, what do I, like, we have resources. We forget that we have resources. I didn't know I had resources, but, you know, and I probably didn't have very many resources as a child. Thank goodness I did have food. I don't know what would have happened to me if I didn't really. So, um, yeah, I just really appreciate you saying all this. This is going to help so many people. And, um you know, that feeling, one of the other things I want to say about feelings is that when we go into schools and talk to uh, kids, 14, 15, 16, you know, we ask them, who here has heard the the phrase, I feel fat? Who Who's heard that today? Who's heard that ever? Everybody raises their hand. Who heard that today? Almost everybody still raises their hand. This could be at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know. Who has heard this in the last 10 minutes? A few people still raise their hand. You know, and it's like, and what do they mean? What does somebody mean when they say, I feel fat? So if you almost say, well, I feel like I ate too much. Well, that's full. You feel full. But what do you mean when you feel fat? And invariably, there's at least a few kids that will go, I feel like I'm not okay. And where in the culture did we decide that fat is not okay? You know, that if you're fat, you're not okay. And so if I feel fat, that means I'm not okay. I'm not lovable. I'm not, I'm not going to be lovable. I need to do something really fast. And who, and what even is fat? I mean, really, what, who is even fat? I mean, is it the, there's girls that are wearing a double zero, and then there's girls that are wearing a size two, and the size two think they're too fat because they're not in a double zero. Is that okay? <laughs> no. Right. You Maybe see. we don't even know in this culture what too fat is. Maybe we don't. Or maybe if people are way over their natural weight, something else is going on. <laughs> right. There may be something else going on here. Right. And if they're under their natural weight, Maybe they're not just really skinny and we all need to hate them because they're skinny girls. Maybe we should think, well, maybe there's something going on. You know, that's that's the thing. When we just only look at the body or the image, we're not getting the whole picture, either for ourselves or for our girls or for each other. Yeah, when you were speaking, Lorley, it reminded me of... Um when I I had moved out of my house right when we had met and I started working with you guys, um, and I was living um, with a a friend's mom. Yeah, yeah. And I um, I thought to myself, okay, well I have a real dilemma here. I'm overeating, but I'm also gaining weight, and so I tried to figure out a way to handle that, and I started to be bulimic. Yeah. Because I was like, I can't, I can't. It seems like this is not going to work. <laughs> I'm like eating, right, to soothe right. myself, but then I'm getting fat, right. which is not acceptable. Right. It, not, not at all. No. Which is, you know, so, right. 
so yeah, and it was it was a pretty solid year of um, hiding that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just being in terrible, terrible pain around and shame around that behavior. Yeah, and feeling out of control. Yeah, and you know, and um, it was it was a real tough period of of time for me. But I I think that. Um, by doing the recovery and the work, I started to realize that, you know, just like you were saying, it's like my body is lovable any way I am. No kidding. I mean, no it's kidding. just like just I'm worth I'm worth it, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. I don't have to be this image that I that I'm seeing on, you know, on the magazine stand or you know, I don't have to, I don't have to put myself through those hoops to be loved. And it was, you know, a, a pretty painful journey to, to, to get there with that. But, um, it definitely, um, it definitely took, um, it, it was scary, you know, yeah. it was scary. Those moments of, you know, like throwing up and then putting bleach in the, I was, I was a nanny and I put bleach in the, in the oh, toilet yeah. so nobody would smell the throw up and then like hiding it all. And then knowing that my <sighs> teeth were getting all, you know, devastated from it and, right. you know, just super, super painful moments where, you know, you I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Right. And that panicky of overeating, or under eating, or just eating. <laughs> if you have a, if you have this disorder, really no amount of food is okay. Really, you know, you can eat a bunch and that's not okay, and a little and that's not okay. So really, the disorder is you're never really supposed to eat. You're not supposed to have a body, really, unless it's, you know, that's the weird thing about this, um, this filter on the cell phone which is uh, makes people look like a little bunny (laughs) like a little bunny face with little bunny ears and a bunny nose and I have a friend who is a uh, plastic surgeon and he said young girls will come in and have a picture of a bunny themselves as a bunny and said I'd like to look like that and he'll say well that's a bunny That's not a person. Well, I would like to have that kind of nose. Yeah, you. that's not a human nose. And I can't get you ears on top of your head. And no, you can't. That's not real. Right. This but distorted image this just, of what it, and, people want. And that's like. the same as what we see in magazines that have been photoshopped so much. That's not even a real person anymore. So we've gotten so far away from what normal people even look like and they come in all shapes and sizes and colors and ages and races and we have to stop this insanity of thinking everyone should be young thin and blonde one of um one of the things that comes up in my family yes Mm -hmm. is um you know my my the older the boys are now coming in and using descriptive words of people mom that person's really fat you know, and it's such a, it's such a trigger for me. And we have conversations. I said, you know, that person's body is really not our, our topic, our business, our business, it's their body. And, 
really it's, you know, to really honor people we want it, let them have their own space around their body and really not make any comments because that can really hurt people's feelings. Well, that's the thing about, you know, again, when we go into schools, the bullying that we hear so much in school is about number one bully is weight. Number one. So whether you're a really thin person and everybody calls you anorexic or you're a really big person and everybody calls you fat, it's still bullying. It still hurts. Or they say you're too short or too tall. And but the bullying for fat is the number one. And it's, you know, it's horrendous. I mean, the damage it does to these little kids, you know, so. And then, you know, if you're always compared to another kid all the time, well, look how beautiful she is. And what happened to you? You used to look really thin when you were five. Well, a lot of us look thin at five. <laughs> or like, we haven't gone through puberty. Right. Or, or people go, I, I, I know that I'm not supposed to be this big because I used to be really thin. Well, you used to wear diapers, too, but <laughs> that doesn't mean... You- you're going to be 10 anymore. It's not going to happen. Let it go. This is a human adult body, and it has different shapes and sizes. You know, my body at 68 is a whole lot different than it was at 28, and just the way it is. Now, you know, fast forward to 46. Yeah. Um, I'm 46 years old. Um, there are still moments where I have that quintessential feeling I'm fat. Yeah. And when I have those feelings, I, I realize it's like a red flag. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Hello. Well, hello. Like what, what's going on for me and why am I not able to access that place in my inside myself that loves myself? You know, yes. where, where have yes. I gone? Yes. I have, I have left my body. I've left my essential mm-hmm. self that loves, that loves myself unconditionally. And I have checked out. Yeah. And now I'm picking on myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, it, it is, you know, it's, it does still happen, but it, there's a, the process around my recovery to get back to my center is, is faster. And, yeah. um, you know, I, it's, it is not even that I verbalize it, you know, to my kids or anything. It's more of an internal thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, red flag. I need to go in. Yeah. I love what you just said because it's so true. I will still have the idea that I'm too fat. And it will come and go so fast like that, so fast, because I don't believe it anymore. But it will come in or, you know, I should get some work done. (laughs) Or I don't look very good with blah, blah, blah. And that, again, is my culture. I've been brainwashed since a small child to believe that I'm not okay. And those thoughts will come at a second. And usually, like you're saying, if I go within and go, what just happened? There'll be something outside of me that triggered that. Like, I'll catch myself in a mirror and I look really old. Maybe I look like my mother. Mm. (laughs) Or... I I see a really young girl and I think, oh, I'll never be like that again. Or, you know, whatever, a million things. Or I read the newspaper. (laughs) I just get all upset about world affairs, especially America affairs. So 
that and so that's where I go and I have to bring myself wait don't pick on yourself tell yourself you're sorry I tell myself I'm sorry a lot I'm sorry I said that to you that was unfair you're fine I love you thank you so much for being here you know don't don't take this to heart I was just kidding I wasn't can't you take a joke you know so I just sort of like talk myself out of this bad body feeling and go to the real feeling which is I'm scared or I'm sad or I'm you know it's it's easier to feel fat than it is to feel lonely or overwhelmed you know or or distraught it's it's easier to feel fat than to yeah. feel those things. But we have to feel those things. And that's the way we do it. We don't listen to the first thing that comes along. So I'm wondering if you would read the just for today. Yes. Today I will practice letting myself feel whatever I feel. When I start to experience an emotion, I will see if I can bring my awareness to it and be present with it. I will try not to change it, but just observe it. I will try to stay connected with and conscious of myself and my feelings. Oh, great. So Vajra, thank you so much for being here. I just really am so appreciative that you came and talked today. And uh, we got this feeling thing out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, you. so much, Lorley. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening and be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.